Welcome back to Say When episode. Mm, I'm gonna say four. Five. I want to say five. I want to say five. And um, uh, and arbitrarily, we're looking at season ten, episode one, and we're in the sort of wrong house. And I'm Kay. And I'm Daryl Wan. And I'm Edmund. And I'm mostly made out of water. So it's the first episode of season ten, series ten that we went back to, where Bill Potts is introduced. Um, it's written by Stephen Moffat. It's called the pilot. It was a very confusing time for us all was it the typical we have a new companion we have a chance to reintroduce the doctor as the the doctor um kind of thing or because i felt like the doctor was sort of was very backgrounded for bill and yet at the same time i learned hardly anything about bill it was an oddly told story i think it was moffat trying to break his own formulas for success in a sense with ratings falling um with so therefore you know <clears throat> obviously a need to get people excited about doctor who again uh, a kind of restart a new companion new location etc it was obviously on his mind but i guess it, it also seems very self-reflective there's lots of elements of moffat answering answering people's problems <laughs> It seems to try and sort of offer itself repeatedly as in 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 libidinal terms as being kind of up for grabs. The wiring is not set, and and mm. pilots are like that. The pilot episodes are like that. They, they are seeming to offer promise a TV series because they want money to keep making it, mm. um, but not not having the integrity of a, a a first episode. I didn't even get that pun until you just said the pilot. The doctor has been hiding out by. Uh, being a lecturer, a professor or something in what looks like an elite university. Um, he's got a big wood panelled office and it's got the TARDIS in the corner that says something like out of order. Um, and he calls Bill into his office. It turns out she's been working in the canteen of the university serving food but she has also been coming to his lectures and he's noticed so he wants to know what's up. Um, and there, from there begins this kind of uh, a whole sequence of uh, alien encounters. I, I actually remember this line from when I first watched it. I didn't catch it when I watched it this time. Maybe it didn't happen. Where he says that when he gives his lectures, most people look confused, but Bill smiles. Did that happen? I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe he says it that was... in a later episode. I mean, it's mm. reflexive of... I just, you know, actually, it might be in a later episode. The snippets of the Doctor's lectures are kind of interesting. He has this stage. It's a bit like a kind of um, performance of science. Um, it's like the royal lectures. Yeah, cool. Yeah, kind yeah. of Soviet era. Like, everyone <laughs> has to be there. Yeah. Um, and we get to hear a bit of the kind of science that he's peddling, um, which is a kind of Einsteinian, I guess, while also being meta in the sense that he's obviously describing Doctor Who and the episodic nature of zipping back and forth to moments which are kind of very important in the ontology of Doctor Who and this idea of 
particular moments, skipping between moments, the ontology of kind of moments that can be locked in time that you can just skip between different places, but yet you never live a continuous life. But then if you stand back, perhaps you did. The lectures didn't seem that great. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, I doubt he responded to student feedback. <laughs> I guess we actually approach, we approach a lot of it from Bill's perspective, which is outside of the office and outside of um, the doctor's life. And we get these hints about what he's doing. For example, he visits the vault. Mm-hmm. And so, so yeah, we, it's almost not, a, it's not like a reintroduction to the doctor in the sense that we... I don't know, it's, it's just, an, it's an odd, I felt like quite a, a distance, and perhaps that was a reflection of Bill, Bill also doesn't know the Doctor yet, so it's almost, like we're almost at exactly the same level, but it almost doesn't necessarily hang on the previous knowledge, it's one of those, it's one of those episodes that you wouldn't necessarily have had to watch Doctor Who to, to understand what was happening, you'd be odd, you'd be mightily confused, and it, although I'm jumping ahead of myself, I was, because I've never watched this full episode before, throwing in a Dalek with such lack of, gra- like, a real yeah. lack of um, everything that usually accompanies the Daleks, seemed to be, yeah, part of uh, Moffat, I don't know, yeah, sort of, as you say, like, messing with his, messing with his own formula, because it's almost like that zipping through time that the TARDIS does, sorry again to be zipping through time, discussing mm-hmm. it, but that zipping through time the TARDIS does is also, um, as... 13 says in resolution it's not meant for these short tops um and it just seemed it seemed quite playful and almost farcical this this jumping to the end of the universe as if that that meant nothing i guess there's two kind of criticisms of um stephen moffat which he's trying to address from the start one of them is the writing of gay characters the other is can you do working class characters in the way russell t davies so successfully did with rose and with um donna I guess that, that initial anecdote that Bill tells the Doctor, which is a very odd, puzzling anecdote about um, having a crush on someone who comes for lunch and give, uh, feeding that person too many chips, or, or extra chips as a sign of affection, but then it somehow goes wrong, or goes goes interesting. Um, that anecdote, I guess, tries to, it's kind of Stephen Moffat trying to immediately kickstart all of those themes all in one. All in one. And I think that the the hints that we get of Bill's life are, are so like her her she has a foster mum who is um, unaware of her gayness or queerness or not liking men. But then obviously when she's with the doctor, no one at no point with does the do the doctor or Nardo say, but she's a woman. Like, no, like is it, mm. you can see it's interesting that no one questions that uh, Heather is desires Bill to come with her because it's rom- it's romantic it is obviously yeah. a romantic but I almost think that's part of Moffat's clumsiness that his only way of framing this love story is through these really absurd terms and it's actually a running thing I find through the series that Bill is never just allowed a date and I think it's actually referenced like there isn't sort of crossing the turmoil of time not like for example Rose who had like Mickey and her uh, mm. boyfriend and Donna and her uh, husband and Clara and her Earth boyfriend. Bill doesn't. <laughs> Bill, Bill gets Heather, and that is re, re, revisited later. Hmm. There was in, the, the foster mother is kind of interesting as a parallel to the next series, um, and to Ryan. Um, there's something about something about fostering and racialization popping up twice yes. in the same dynamic, which I 
didn't ponder before we pressed record, so I'm not sure what I think about it, other than to point it out, and I will return to it. I'll tell you what I don't understand. You've been lecturing here for a long time. Like 50 years, some people say. The bee light in the office says over 70. Yeah, and you're thinking, well, he doesn't look old enough. No, I'm wondering what you're supposed to be lecturing on. It's like the university let you do whatever you like. One time, you were going to give a lecture on quantum physics. You talked about poetry. Poetry, physics, same thing. How is it the same? Because of the rhymes. What are you doing at this university? I always wanted to come here. Yeah, to serve chips. Um, I think you could tell that it's not going to get super far um, as a vindication of, you know, look how well I can write um, gay characters um, when um, Bill follows the Doctor and the Matt Lucas character um, when they, like, uh, indiscreetly run off around the corner on some grass and, uh, and into a, like, uh, maintenance uh, passage. Um, because uh, maybe, uh, like, a gay person would think that that's something that they shouldn't follow people doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> And also, <laughs> let's not argue that there was absolutely no chemistry between Heather and Bill. Yeah. They, they, like, Heather seemed to actively dislike mm. Bill and want to be away from her, therefore, and I don't... And I just really think that that was... Was that an attempt at, like... Was that Moffat's attempt to capture <laughs> the difficulty <laughs> of <laughs> queer love that actually, you know, that, that Heather was just like, I don't actually want to be anywhere. What a damning mm. sort of... Yeah, what what deprivation they're not they're not straights face in this world. Um they're just not wanting to be anywhere. Well the only place the only place for us is the queer time and space. Yeah. And Bill is not allowed to go. Why Bill is not allowed to go is is actually I know that plot wise that makes sense because the doctor says it's a law, everything which really reminded me of anti gay propaganda. Mm. <laughs> it's a law, everything they're showing you, everything she's showing you about the universe, it's not real. It's a lure. Yes. It's a lure. I don't know. I don't know why that that I don't know why uh, yeah, I don't know why Bill doesn't go. That I still thought Yeah. I mean was it because it's not Heather at all. I guess it's to do with the doctor's view that everything is hungry. So therefore Heather wants to, in the Doctor's view, Heather wants to kind of consume Bill, and Bill won't be Bill. Bill will have passed through the mirror, into the mirror that's imitating Bill, into the watery world. And Heather, and Doctor says, yeah. no, sorry. No, no. And, and Heather appears as the typical horror movie, um, horror film ghost, like, reminds me of Dark Water and The Ring, mm. um, the kind of streaming, sodden, dying, dead corpse that screams and reaches for Bill's throat and just generally embodies death rather than adventure. It's quite harrowing really. Yeah. That that's Bill's lot. Reaching out from a ditch. Was Heather a bit like the Solitract? Yeah. <laughs> the Solitract, the Solitract. Um. Yeah. There's, I'm sure that the, 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 the lonely, the loneliness. Yeah. Desperate loneliness. This kind of idea, this linguistic idea of being bound to a promise is kind of really interesting because it's, it's kind of crush versus words. What if the only freedom you have is to break a promise? This also repeats later in Bill's storyline. Um, a promise, a verbal promise placed in her consciousness. Spoilers. 
so she almost she repeats um yeah she repeats sort of heather's doomed track later shall we talk about crushes yes let's i'm looking to you our resident crush no. um theorist crush theorist crush theorem you're right the only um matter of the crush is is this total incompatibility uh, a person who um is is um really not a, a um uh, at, at, at ease with themselves, um, wants to correct this thing in, in her eye, which is the only thing that they've interacted about um, or attracted um, Bill to her. And yet her last conscious thought to, is to never, is to not leave her and that's strong enough to conjure up everything that, that takes place. Uh, well, I think Moffat tries to resolve the fact that he barely put any effort into establishing this connection. He just stood. There's, there's a lot of what use of this same footage of them stood facing each other in a crowded bar. Yes, and th- you know that line later: "Never underestimate a crush." Is almost Moffat trying to bolster the weakness of his, weakness of his own writing of the crush by sort of. It's almost like um, post, like what is it like post the bit where he could have written it better. Yeah. He's retroactively writing in an intensity that he couldn't conjure with, like... Like, this is the thing, although I think Chibnall's not great at sci-fi. He is pretty good at human inter- human interactions, relatively. Whereas I feel like Moffat is quite, ba- it's quite bad at, like, personal <laughs> connection. I don't think he does it very well. And, uh, yeah, and I think that, yeah, a, a lot of it is just purely by by way of the plot. We know that Heather must adore Bill because of the plot, not because of anything that is actually communicated before. All of the words exchanged between them seem to underscore their incompatibility. Uh, Heather wants to leave this place. Bill says she doesn't, but it, it seems to be kind of drawn to uh, something in the place that's, that implies its own sort of non-realness and and where 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 heather sees everything as as a surface lacking depth bill is kind of sees the same thing but also like seems to think that there's some kind of emergent interruption in it that um drives her um well it's, it's exciting when you meet someone who wants to leave or it, it seems to presage kind of a, a, a way out um, but mm. Bill isn't really in an, an impasse uh, that that has a that, that 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 causes her to want to to leave in that way. Is that what that sound like? Yeah, I think that you know it's funny because companions always have to choose to leave with the doctor. That's always what they have to do, and yet the choice was presented here not by the doctor because he is not doing that anymore, as he says, and he's anchored by his promise, another verbal promise. Uh, to stay and guard the vault. Um, so yeah, but I don't, I don't, I just didn't, I didn't believe Bill's um, rejection, and that wasn't to do with I love Pearl Mackie. It wasn't to do with that. It was to do with it's almost like I feel like did she make the wrong? I want to spend the rest of the series proving yeah. that she should have, that she should not have gone with Heather and go with the Doctor. Like he is the safe, he is a sa- he is a safe option. And he knew that, and he says to her, "You'll always be safe here." And I don't, but we don't know what Bill wants. We don't know. We know that Heather wants to leave, but we don't actually know what Bill wants. 
have no idea. Well, in a sense, uh, Bill has just found a kind of way out in the form of going to the doctor's lectures and then going inside the TARDIS. You remember being alive yesterday. You hope you're going to be alive tomorrow. So it feels like you are traveling from one to the other, but nobody's moving anywhere. Movies don't really move. They're just pictures, lots and lots of pictures. All of them still, none of them moving, just frozen moments. But if you experience those pictures one after the other, then everything comes alive. Well, I feel like I was thinking about times that the Doctor has flown a companion to somewhere to, impre to impress them. But I, I just, I was just, I just suddenly thought when we were talking about that, that like, if in some way, like, when the Doctor takes Bill to like the end of the, end of the universe, it's almost like a way to lure her in so that he has an excuse to leave because he obviously doesn't want to stay in this position. And he like, he, he's trying to compete with Heather and Heather kind of, well, not, it's not Heather, but the pilot um, sort of succeeds in, mm. in a lot that he doesn't. Um, even if that isn't actually the the intention of the writing, I think that weirdly becomes transparent. That yeah, although of course you can't deny the undertone of like the stalker, like mm. easily read abusive, <laughs> pursuing, like you know all of those things that that Heather becomes um, rather than what a romance should be like. It's almost so obvious it's pointless to mention. No, I think that's really apt. Yeah. Like, that's the, again the only way that Mo the only way that Moffat can figure that kind of attraction has to be overly expressed through that dogged pursuit through the universe because he can't mm. write flirting. Mm. <laughs> He's failed amazingly to write flirting. Even like the meant to be the most romantic line. Promise me you won't go. I promise. What? What? <laughs> really? Well, is that where we, is that? Something about um, he's trying to make some point about mirroring the mirror water and the water that can't mirror but simply tries to imitate. And then obviously the pilot just repeats back words in a kind of echo, but it's radically underdeveloped in the sense of it goes kind of goes nowhere or where it does go is this radical misreading of any kind of possibility for an actual crush um, there's a nascent idea about mirroring I guess one I was thinking so there's this horrific moment um, which is very uncomfortable in which the doctor just reaches out to erase um, Bill's memories of the whole episode it also re retrospectively ex could explain lots of things and it's the doctor seems fairly disinterested in explaining anything to Bill, kind of talks over Bill, it's not that, like, it, it doesn't see Bill as a new companion, just sees Bill, um, or just, you know, it, it's, it's all about trying to get rid of this alien. Um, so therefore, the if the Doctor thought that uh, memory erasure was going to take place, that explains the, the weird kind of offhandness, if the Doctor is pretty cold and doesn't really see Bill, which is it's, mm. <laughs> when he goes back in time, brings her because he's because isn't it because he didn't get her a gift, right? She gets him a rug and he doesn't get her a gift, and then 
gives and then obviously places these photographs of her mum in, in the back of a cupboard yeah. which I just find really odd and intrusive and just as yeah. stalkery as anything God. ever did <laughs> and it's like an odd it's an oddly warm why do I want to say warmthless that is not a word it's as an oddly like yeah it's kind of a without I don't know it's a gesture that's lacking something almost like perfunctory the episode's out of control. I mean, that's just a wild thing to happen. This is a wild thing for the Doctor to do. It's, it's a, a wild thing to imagine. Yeah. For someone who's kind of moving around the world, you know, not putting a lot of effort into anything, uh, it's, it's a lot of homework to tie up all of this Oedipal stuff yeah. and, and put it in a box and, 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 and everything. And then, you know, still kind of be in the picture through the mirror. That's how she sees. And that, that's chilling, but um, also kind of well, well rendered. Mm. Um, mm. <laughs> and likewise with the memory wiping thing, you know, extremely good acting with the kind of gentle elderly gesture of the hands that sort of mm. that he keeps pulling out. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but why put so much uh, artistry into uh, showing us this uh, relationship um, to each other, to memory, uh, to uh, to friendship companionship un, un, uh, in its unacknowledged unreciprocated forms uh, when the when the when the machine lets in the security device lets in uh, um, Bill uh, to um, the vault uh, the doctor asks what did you set it at I'd set it at uh, I've only friends allowed but they don't think you know why what, what well, who could it be I think that Moffat actually does struggle to tie Bill to the Doctor. I think that I, I found it easy to be quite generous because, I, again, I really like Bill's character and I think that that's mostly to do with Palmer being charming um, and a little bit like very, like a very meta character that comments a lot on, as you say, like sci-fi and, um, and, keeps, and keeps undercutting the Doctor's doctriness you know, just by being her, which is also a bit like Rose did in the initial episode. So it's easy to warm to Bill and it's easy to want her to stay. But mm. whether the Doctor earns her staying is actually a whole other question. Like, I want Bill to stay, but but whether he earns it. And I think that, like, really, like, because with Clara, for example, who's just left, um, she was, like, on some complicated level, very, like, in love with the Doctor and, and apparently it was confirmed that there was, like, a romantic interaction like late uh, like during the, even with 12 and Clara um, and I think that yeah Moffat really kind of rested on his laurels with that because he didn't have to work out that interaction it seems like he's put himself in pickle with Bill and her chips the chips are down <laughs> and her chips is, is, that, is that like the only, is that what writers think like normal people they think chips is that it's <laughs> like, the first thing that just can't go brainstorming guys what it, oh god <laughs> what do they do they eat I guess they eat <laughs> what do they eat <laughs> in the episode um, students are, are, are always or only pissing or vomiting that's, that's the only <laughs> thing that students do Bill isn't a student I feel like she's elevated yes, yes. Um, and he likes her because she isn't I don't mm. think he likes his students but he likes he likes Bill what about the Susan, the Susan photograph, and and a very hammered home connection between Susan and and Bill? So yeah, the Doctor has two photographs on his desk. One of Susan from long ago, uh, the very first Doctor uh, c- companion, but actually granddaughter, 
and also a massive picture of River Song. Um, <laughs> like, it's huge! <laughs> to hammer home the point about like the Doctor's sentimental loss. Susan, why Susan? I guess it's like, it, that's another time when the Doctor was hiding, the Doctor was incognito, living on Earth, living in England, um, in an educational... Well, actually no, I guess he's just an old man in a junkyard, but Susan is taking part in school life. Um, the Doctor loves this, I guess it's the, the, the BBC's initial idea of a Doctor who has an educational programme, therefore there's a constant thread of educational institutions throughout its entire history. But the chips, more about the chips, so my favourite moment from the Rose times is when uh, Rose is characterising, which kind of most companions end up doing, characterising their life before the Doctor arrived. Rose talks about, you know, before this man came into my world, I was just catching the bus, I was just eating chips on the bus, and then it, it cuts to literally just us seeing it. Um, <laughs> the bus chip, which I call in, in short, the bus chip life. <laughs> Stupid bus chip life. Stupid bus chip mum and her like expectations for me, and the doctor came along and just like, shook everything up. But I, Yeah, but I think that's almost where that this upends it, because he, like the doctor insults Bill, and she says she wants, she's like, I'm going to go now, because he says... She says, I always wanted to go here, the university, and he says, what to serve chips, which is a horrible thing to say. Mm. And then she yes. goes to leave. And then it's almost like then she earns her stripes having, I don't know, just having been insulted like that. The, the fact, I don't know. But I think there's just this really mm. uncomfortable thing of where the, do- like, the doctor is always there too. And I think the 11th doctor was always going on about how boring humans are and their life <laughs> sometimes saying how their lives were tiny and boring and then other times revealed that he actually loved them and loved like loved humans and that's why he always has humans as his companions um but yeah with, with Bill it's kind of upended in that she she never necessarily says anything bad about her chip life he, he's, he's quite arrogant in his selection of her to elevate her out of chip life <laughs> but no, but she does say in the memory loss dialogue, she says that nothing ever, nothing good happened before like this. This is the first good Let thing. me have some good dreams for once, which yes. is a whole reference to some, um, yeah, my God. Mm. That, I don't, as far as I know, that never really actually gets explored. Just another reason to run away with the Doctor. Doesn't need detailing. Mm. So, I mean, it is implied there that... This is this moment of time travels burst in on on her life. What about evil? Because the ambiguous villain of the piece, the puddle. Yes, not evil. <laughs> Can we just go back to chips for a sec? Yeah. Um, the 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 conversation takes place in a way that doesn't is not asked for by the narrative, and so it's cut short by the doctor saying, "Why are you telling me this?" And it's applied. Um, plenty of um, food for thought and footage and footage for um, montaging in the, the later uh, lecture about um, uh, time and moments in your life. Time being represented uh, spatially and uh, as uh, simultaneity, and uh, the chips are, are a vehicle for that. And it seems to be uh, uh, um, suggesting that time travel relationships like um, 
th- this is a relationship that has a time travel quality to it that you don't even know why you're having a conversation when you're having it, but it like um, uh, um, the pieces of the um, like relationship don't don't arrange themselves in a uh, straight chronological order, but it, it doesn't manifest itself in a in a way that's very compelling to me, but I can see that that's happening. Well, it's almost like maybe that's what it's meant to be like with Heather and Bill, is that we don't understand how deep their connection was until afterwards. You know, it seemed throwaway in these little moments, but actually Moffat's saying, no, it was far deeper than that. You just didn't notice because you weren't looking at it the right way or something. Yeah, like, um, you didn't get the present from the Doctor in the way that presents get people get, get give and get presents, but you got a present... It just like that if you were to be able to look at your life abstracted from like the time and space as you experience it yeah <laughs> um, I was actually thinking about montaging because I never noticed that in the first series the idea of the doctor of the doctor's life or the doctor's adventures being montaged like as to suggest the passing of time and it happens in one 12 and Clara episode where Clara is struggling with combining her ordinary life with her boyfriend and her work as a school teacher with her adventures with the doctor and it's all very funny because Mm. she like always comes back in time for a date but she's literally been on some kind of adventure and they montage these adventures and I thought and it almost felt like heresy montaging the adventures like isn't the point is that these you know every episode is the, the only insight we get and we know that other adventures happen although I'm sometimes forget that other adventures happen but I feel like mm. montaging is, is a thing that's come in almost like now now that Moffat feels like his audience with, is comfortable with understanding that the mm. Doctor does a lot off screen mm. it's, an, it's just an odd choice an odd thing to do with Doctor Who to montage because it's almost quite like I don't know there's something about it that seems to be like against the grain of what the show is about to montage but you're right the, 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 the need to fit like that awe and wonder that is that Doctor Who fans might take for granted or we might take for granted is, is present into a, a neat episode that has a you know, build up of tension and a resolution and stuff it, it, you know it's still there <laughs> sorry <laughs> mm. there's a lot about the episode that seems like um, the last days and a kind of autumnal last days of, of mm. Moffat's writing and of his period at the helm of the show as showrunner in the sense that it's, a t- it's an attempt at renewal but it's constantly going wrong like everything's going wrong with the writing and the setup. therefore it kind of seems quite fascinating to me that's one of the things that fascinates me about it um, I particularly hate Matt Lucas as the companion as a companion a side companion bumbling about apart from in the time war where he's quite funny kind of electrocuting himself essentially or <laughs> running through a cabled he, he's all- <laughs> really great good good humor there <laughs> he's almost like a device isn't he he's a device yeah. to fit to he does a lot of the things that the doctor would do but just does them in a way that like Ooh. so that 12 doctor can do something else i mean the doctor dragging bill through a random dalek war is the whole other story that i it's not yeah again it's like we could go into it but i mean it's just quite clear and it's weird arrogant somethingness doctoriness last dayness yeah time. yeah just run through the time war one more time yeah yeah and also in the background we'll see an event which is significant to people if they've been watching and paying attention for years 
but won't be for, for this renewed audience that I'm trying to pull in pull in with my writing. And it's hard, it's hard to imagine the perspective of such an audience. I, for one, haven't seen the previous sing, series Singular, so I do feel a little bit in that space, and it, it did kind of feel like watching a dream. Yeah. So something that was just a bit wrong, a bit like Donna's dream when she, she's uh, trapped in the the teleport device in the the computer in the library, mm. where someone has to just sort of say, "This isn't right." This oneric sense of it all taking place in the doctor's study, in an elite university. It's all it's a dream of the world of time and of the doctor. It's almost like a um, it's like dipping a toe back into the doctor's world, but not quite, just not quite yet. I mean, maybe that's but that's a strange, almost lukewarm way to start a series, not with a crash back in, but a sort of literally dipping a toe. It's a puddle. I feel like we've drained, we've drained the episode of its more water, <laughs> drained. Where shall we go next? Perhaps next we need to. To travel to a travel to a doctor that uh, I don't know is more something. Whatever was lacking here. Maybe we should go back to Paul McGann. <laughs> That'd be a curveball. Yeah. Tune in next week to find out where we go. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, it must. Mastery to avoid you know, making that sound at all. No, but specifically mm. the tenth doctor says what, what, a lot. What? <laughs> <laughs> all right then. <laughs> <laughs>